passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep, the application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs, just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Good morning and welcome into the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm National Recruiting Analyst Cooper Patagna alongside 24-7 Sports Director of Scouting. we got a very special guest this morning inside the network, recruiting editor, Horns247. That is Hudson Standish. He's been doing a phenomenal job for us, not only at Horns247, but behind the scenes as well, chipping in. On the rankings council, we're going to talk a little bit of Texas football this morning as they are, I guess I I would say, starting to get going uh, on the recruiting trail a little bit. In 2025, a year and beyond, uh, ranked right now, what are we? What are we? Texas in the we're number 68 overall, the Texas Longhorns. But Hudson, like we normally do, Andrew and I always kind of converse, talk a little bit about life first before we jump into the podcast. Hudson. How are we doing, my friend? I've been eager to get you on this podcast. Listen, I, I was thinking about it. I was going to say, as somebody who's listened since Preps to Pros, Oyster Boys Radio, but I realized that's also been like seven months' time. <laughs> like, it's not like I'm, you know, a super OG when, you know, that was just eight months ago, but I've been a fan of y'all's work, love the podcast. I plug it on the site all the time. I kind of don't get why people wouldn't listen. It's like just, you know, free, you know, free 30 to 45 minutes of in-depth stuff on rankings, which I tell posters, like if you're going to complain about it, at least hear, you know, full in-depth takes on all the behind the scenes stuff. So really excited. If the Oyster Boys are the Splash Brothers, I'm kind of like Festus Azili coming in here, just trying to get good minutes off the bench. So, Fourth liner. You just come in, you dump pucks. And exactly. uh, Mike Roach term. I, I can hold the door open, make sure everyone's got water on the bench. I kind of think you're Kevin Looney. Give yourself more credit. Festus Azili, I mean, he kind of flamed out a little bit. Leandro <laughs> Barbosa, one of those guys that was, you know, a, a core core player during the run of the Golden State Warriors. But let's get right to it. I want to talk about Texas, this quarterback room, and the addition of K.J. Lacey out of the state of Alabama, number eight quarterback in the 2025 cycle. And then you, you look at Texas's quarterback room. You got Quinn Ewers this year, Malik Murphy after that, who they took in 2022, redshirt freshman. He had a really productive spring. Arch Manning, the number one quarterback in 2023, well-renowned. And Trey Owens, 2024, 
number 28 quarterback in the country. Now you got KJ Lacey. So it, it seems like we got the full picture here and the full scope of what Steve Sarkeesian wants to do. But Hudson, let's let's start with KJ Lacey's somebody who is certainly decorated, led Sarah Land in Alabama to a 6-8 a title as a sophomore uh, in 15 games, completed just under 64% of his passes, dynamic, 40 touchdowns, five interceptions, a guy that is a really good athlete in the pocket. And let's just jump right into it. I think a lot of people are going to look at KJ Lacey's frame at five foot 11, 171 pounds. He wears the number nine. He moves like him. He's got a little bit of Bryce Young in him, right? And that's what we talked about. But your initial impressions of KJ Lacey to Texas. And I think the Bryce Young comparison, while I was hesitant to make it because it does seem kind of uh, like the obvious one, I, I think it's really interesting that when we talked to KJ Lacey right after the Texas Elite Camp, um, I know Hank South and Jordan Scruggs at the Texas site went to the, the uh, you know, went to meet him up, uh, meet up with him off campus, and he initially said, "Hey, the first thing that Sark said to me was when I looked at your film." I wrote down in the notes, Bryce Young 2.0, whether that's fair or not, or whether that's, you know, I know some people on the Alabama side might think that's, you know, just saying whatever to a kid, but it's hard when you look at the huddle, when you look at the game tape, not to kind of come to that comparison yourself. Well, Drew, I think, you, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I thought that was the most notable quote that came out of the whole weekend, Hudson. I remember you text me, Hey, KJ's Lacey's here in Austin. It, it seems like he's going to commit. And then, you know, 15 minutes later, he was committed to uh, the Texas Longhorns or, or he had announced it. I mean, we live in a world of of player comps, right? People love player comps. Hey, what? And I think it's more of just trying to put him into a category, right? And, and with Bryce Young, his height and measurables were in the microscope so much uh, during the NFL draft. I mean, when he was at Alabama, all that, even dating back to his recruiting process and you know, I, I get it. I, I think we can talk about him as a, as a passer in the stroke, but I saw KJ Lacey down in, in Naples, Florida back in February. And uh, I mean, you see this guy, all these offers, you're like, okay. And then you get up next to him, you're like, wow, uh, he is not the biggest individual. So, and I thought the same thing about Bryce Young and, and NFL scouts and executives all had that same reaction, right? You hear the number 5'11 or 5101 or, or or whatever it is but until you're around that person <laughs> like it's it's kind of a or everyone has the same reaction so i you know i i get it and and if you're recruiting a blue chip quarterback like kj Lacey, you're going to tell him whatever he wants to hear right so if you're steve exactly. sarkeesian and, and you can make that player comp like why would you not do it exactly and you know with kj Lacey too i think it's really intriguing and i'm sure we'll talk on this a little bit later but when you look at Steve Sarkeesian's history in developing quarterbacks and the guys that he takes, you know, like he did flip Bryce Young from USC to Alabama when he was there. So you've got the guys that he's taken in Malik Murphy, Arch Manning, Trey Owens, and then Quinn Ewers from the transfer portal. They're the more traditional six foot four plus 210 pounds big friend guys. So then when you do get the change up, he does take KJ Lacey early, um, you know, brings him in on Friday. The staff really uh, does a good job with that recruitment and just, you know, showing the kid, Hey, it's early, but we really are prioritizing you. I think it kind of makes a statement that 
we're not just totally cookie cutter in how we approach quarterback evaluations, which I think is the best way to handle it, uh, you know, in the modern roster construction era. If you just go into every single cycle looking for a guy to fit a specific mold, you're going to miss out on good players. Uh, that's a good point there. And I want to bring up another guy in this quarterback room or who is projected to be in the quarterback room, Trey Owens, who is committed in 2024. And the reason I bring this up, there's so much talk about Quinn Ewers, Arch Manning, and rightfully so. You have two quarterbacks that were ranked the number one prospects in each of their class, Ewers in 21, Manning in 23. And then you have Malik Murphy, right, who is a talented player in his own right, number nine quarterback in 2022, kind of sandwiched between those guys. And a lot of people, it seems, have lost track of Malik Murphy. He comes out this spring, and all of a sudden, he's the guy generating a lot of buzz, right? It's not Arch Manning. Quinn Ewers had a solid spring, but it was Malik Murphy that was a guy that left a lot of people intrigued with, okay, what is the potential ceiling of a player like Malik Murphy when you think about the frame, you think about the arm talent? The other guy, right, that I want to talk about right now, you got Arch Manning in 23, you got K.J. Lacey in 25, Trey Owens, we haven't talked a lot about him, but this is another guy who you just pointed out, you know, I think kind of fits the mold of the guys before him already in that room, more of a traditional pocket passer, but big frame, strong arm. Hudson, what do you think about Trey Owens and his potential impact in Austin? And is this a guy that's just, hey, we're going to take him, develop him. Hopefully he's going to be a guy that can add us some depth or can this guy break through and potentially get some snaps in, in Austin? I think it makes a lot of sense that, you know, the people that I talked to on the Texas side behind the scenes kind of have talked about him more in a Mac Jones-esque development timeline, even though he's, you know, a bigger guy than Mac Jones. Um, it, it just makes sense because of how, like you're talking about Coop, the QB room is stacked ahead of him. Um, some things I like about Trey Owens, like, you know, it's not, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that you're going to have a hard time uh, finding a QB to commit the cycle after Arch Manning. Like, it's it's just not going to be easy. So I think Texas was really smart in how they approached, um, you know, finding an arm in 2024. And something that I like about Trey Owens personally that I think kind of speaks to his character is that he threw at Texas twice for sure, maybe even three times. And A.J. Milwee, the QB uh, coach at Texas, who's, really done a fantastic job in all these recruitments. Watched him throw at Cypher High School in the greater Houston area multiple times. He visited Texas on unofficials about a half dozen times before even getting an offer. And I, I think, you know, a lot of times with the other quarterbacks, if you visit a school two or three times and you don't get the offer, it's like, okay, I need to move on. But the fact that he was so persistent and even hunting down the Texas offer, I think they kind of just knew that they had their guy. And when you look at the film – you know, he has a little bit more juice to him than I think you would um, anticipate just on the overall profile. Like he can make some things happen uh, if the pocket's messy. He can kind of improvise more than you'd think. And in the intermediate passing game, I, he's pretty lethal. I, what I like about Trey is everything you kind of just said, Hudson. Uh, he's got tools to work with. And I think even in this current landscape where there's so much quarterback movement with the transfer portal, it was never going to be easy to take another blue chipper after Arch Manning, who was or is the most known recruit ever, right? So you go and get a guy who uh, has some 
upside. He's got the frame, right? I think he came in at 6'5 at the Elite 11 Regional. He, he had been a guy that was like 6'4, 6'4, 6'4. And then finally came in at six foot five. That makes him one of the tallest, if not the tallest, quarterbacks we have come across here in 2024. At least when talking about uh, the big names out there. So, so you take him, right? He seems to be all in on on Texas. You said it. He visited a bunch of times, and then you go and you get KJ Lacey, who I think we all believe has a high ceiling. Now he might not have the biggest frame, but um, as the 2025 cycle progresses, I, I think KJ is going to be one of the pe- best pure distributors, one of the best pure passers. I mean, you put on the Elite 11 footage from him in Atlanta, like it is a smooth stroke. It is spiral after spiral. So I don't think Texas could have done this any better in terms of going, all right, Quinn in the portal after you took Malik Murphy, right? Then you, you get Arch, you know, beat out plenty for Arch. Get a guy who isn't maybe has as much national buzz around him, and then you double back and you take KJ Lacey now. While some of these other schools are ch- still trying to figure out, hey, this is what we're going to do in in 2024. I think the decision to lock up KJ Lacey is going to look smarter and smarter the further we get down the line. And you know, maybe they bowed out of some other quarterback races for KJ Lacey, but I mean, they got eyes on him. They they know what he is there after watching him throw at that elite camp. For sure. And they're so selective in how they, you know, evaluate the quarterback position. The only other offer that they had out was to Bryce Underwood. I think they kind of realized, okay, this recruitment isn't going to be ours. Let's just get the only other guy that we have, you know, an offer sent out to in the 25 cycle. Ohio State, Tennessee, USC, Texas. To me, those seems like they those seem like the best quarterback recruiting programs in the country. And this is kind of off script a little bit, Hudson, but I wanted to ask you about A.J. Milway. You, you mentioned him earlier, the quarterback coach at the University of Texas. It's kind of funny. I went and saw Arch Manning during his spring game last year, and you see A.J. Milway there, right? And this was at the point where things were trending towards Texas. Joe Sloan, friend of the show, quarterback coach LSU, was there. A handful of others were there to see Arch Manning as well. But A.J. Milway there with his camcorder, Alabama style, right? Um, and until <laughs> this day, I think AJ Milwee is a guy who's pretty handy with the camcorder. I'm just wondering, do you see like the what do you hear about AJ Milwee? You talked about his influence and and some of these recruitments, right? And this is now uh, really starting to take shape as I think one of the most talented quarterback rooms in the country. Um, and obviously, you got five signal callers from guys on the roster to now all the way out to 2025. Can you talk a little bit about his impact and maybe where you see his future, whether it's moving up to a coordinator and, and potentially beyond after that? It's really interesting, Coop. I think that we tried to do our best on the site and highlighting his immense role in the Arch Manning recruitment. But I, I still feel like even nationally at times he didn't get enough credit for the fact that I, I think, you know, um, Cooper Manning made the joke that you would show up at the Isidore Newman weight room at 7 a.m. in the morning and there'd, you know, be Arch. Uh, you know, one of the board loans, and then there'd be AJ Milwee in the corner, just you know, making sure that um, he was keeping tabs on his guy. He's extremely thorough throughout the evaluation process. Um, I know that he, you know, grinds tape just as much as about anybody. And, you know, I think he's extremely personable and kind of 
piggybacking off the point of potential being a coordinator, I think that he has a lot of recruiting value as an assistant beyond just what he does with the quarterback position. I remember uh, Ethan Burke, who signed with Texas really late in the 2022 cycle. Um, you know, that was an area guy that, you know, Milwee has Austin and he kept warm that way when Texas finally, you know, signed off on the take at the 11th hour heading into national signing day that they were going to be able to do that. So I don't hate the shout at all. I think that, you know, Milwee also has some extremely young uh, play calling chops back when he was at Akron with Terry Bowden, I believe. So yeah, really well-rounded coach. And when you look at Steve Sarkeesian's staff, there, there are just a lot of guys who, you know, have some stuff to them to be just honest. Like it's, it's a good group and it's, you know, feeling kind of now or never-ish, right? Because you have a really good roster assembled. Um, you know, the coaching staff has kind of been killing it behind the scenes with development. And I think, you know, that maybe speaks to what you hinted at earlier with why, uh, you know, recruiting is in the 60s, but everybody you talk to around the program is just kind of unfazed. Well, I want to get into the 2024 cycle, and I think this is a good transition, right? You said the roster or Texas is is stacked, um, signed the number three recruiting class in, in, in 2023. Some of those guys were on campus for the spring. So I thought it'd be, I, I always enjoy this. Like, can you just give us kind of a, a freshman report for some of these guys that are there and, and who, who could see the field for Texas in, in, in the upcoming fall? Well, one of one of uh, the two of you guys' favorite, Cedric Baxter is going to see the field. Like that's that's inevitable. I, you guys saw what he did at Edgewater. He's brought that same level. We knew that he was kind of Tashard Choice's guy. It, 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 people forget because you know it was just kind of an odd transition. But Texas forever, it seemed like Ruben Owens was going to be the guy in 2023, and. You know, when the entire fan base wants a kid to pivot and be like, no, I'm going to get this kid out of Florida that everybody thinks probably is going to go to, you know, Florida or Miami. It was a bold move, and I think it's paid off. So Cedric Baxter's one for sure. I think that on the defensive side of the ball, Anthony Hill is probably probably one of the two, three biggest gets of the Steve Sarkeesian era, flipping him from Texas A&M. You lose the battle in the summer, but – you know, because of the years that each respective program have that, you know, they have an opportunity to get them in. And it's, you know, just a guy that I'm sure you all kind of knew would be able to contribute uh, immediately. So those are two that uh, pop off immediately. If I was to give one that was maybe more under the radar, I, I think Leona Leifau from Hawaii has actually done extremely well early on. That's an early enrollee that I know – the mental side of the game at line at off ball linebackers just never really been a question. That's a name I'd keep an eye on. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the 24 seven sports football recruiting podcast. Introducing the two way V four where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance with fuel cell. Each step feels explosive delivering unparalleled energy return paired with fresh foam experience, maximum comfort throughout the game. It's lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two way V four gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two way for yourself at newbalance.com. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolin Branch and how you can discover this new level of softness with their iconic sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% responded that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. They source the rarest 100% organic cotton for an incredible softness to start. Then they skip the toxins and harsh chemicals for a natural feel unlike anything else, and it all comes together with their signature weave. This special design feels buttery, breathable, and unlocks new levels of softness with every wash, and they stand behind their promise of softness. With their 30-night guarantee, you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. If during the 30 nights, you don't love your sheets or feel them getting softer and softer, you can send them right back. No questions asked. So head to BolandBranch.com for 15% off your first order with code ODYSSEY. That's B-O-L-L and Branch.com. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's another name in here that Andrew has listed. You know, I... Andrew, huge fan, obviously, of, of Cedric Baxter Jr. He wouldn't be up there unless there was a consensus on him. We saw Anthony Hill in San Antonio at the All-American Bowl. Jontae Cook, though. Jontae Cook was a guy that ended up as the number seven receiver per 24-7 sports. And I think it's not remorse. I think now that we look back on it and Andrew would be the one, and this is just how it goes sometimes. But Jontae Cook is so talented uh, and a guy that I think – will seamlessly translate immediately to the next level in terms of his skill set. And one of the things I think he does better than anybody in the country, at least coming out last cycle, his short area quickness, his ability to create separation, not only at the line of scrimmage, but at the top of the route, I think that's going to be something that's going to get Jontae Cook on the field early, not to mention the bunnies as well. I mean, he plays above the rim. The speed, it was never verified, but it never really felt like an issue. Jontae Cook, what do you expect out of him as a freshman? We saw the impact Xavier Worthy had. I mean, I think this is a guy that could be dangerous year one in Steve Sarkeesian's system. He's going to get rotation snaps at the very least. Texas has a good wide receiver room. They get A.D. Mitchell from Georgia, who, I mean, if you want to, obviously we're not talking team, but people think that A.D. Mitchell might legitimately be a, you know, day two type of, NFL talent behind the scenes. So with Xavier Worthy, A.D. Mitchell, Isaiah Nayor from uh, Wyoming is returning uh, from injury, getting back in the mix. You know, Jordan Whittington, six-year guy, um, or at least it feels that way. Uh, so it Jonte's probably going to struggle to, you know, get those starter minutes as a uh, true freshman, but he's going to ro- rotate into the mix. I mean, Coop, you mentioned the Malik Murphy spring game. One of the best throws on the day was uh, Jonte Cook uh, cooking some poor walk-on uh, on the nine route and, you know, strutting into the end zone. And a big thing for him, uh, a big thing for him, too, and Malik Muhammad, they both had to get their weight up. And I think Jonte now is at about at 185, which, considering where he started, is extremely impressive and – you know, I kind of think that he's ready to roll. One one last question for you on this twenty three class, Hudson. I uh, I know you're you're into the weeds on the evaluation process. I have a lot of respect for you there. We're talking a lot about immediate contributions, but is there a guy or two in this super talented class? And this is typically what happens, right? We we get stuck at the top, right? It's so easy to talk about Arch Manning, Anthony Hill, C.J. Baxter, Jonte Cook, but I look at 
at this Texas class, there's a lot of depth. There's a lot of talent. I mean, but guys we haven't talked about, you just brought up Malik Muhammad. We hadn't talked about Derek Williams out of Louisiana. We hadn't talked about Ryan Niblett. Jelani McDonald might be one of my favorite players uh, in the cycle, right? Is there a guy or two, maybe two or three years from now, that I think is going to be turning heads and it's going to be a pillar of Steve Sarkeesian's roster that you really like? Jelani McDonald is the immediate guy. That's somebody that I got to give Gabe Brooks a ton of credit for because I remember we were just texting and he just uh, sent me, hey, this kid that won, that won 4A Trump was also the Central Texas Player of the Year in basketball and plays quarterback and safety for a Connolly squad that's pretty good. And then you turn on the tape and it's like, holy how did Oklahoma State initially get the commitment on this guy? How with the verified, the size that he has, there's I think it's going to take some time to settle in on a position. Like that's not necessarily shocking considering you know the athletic profile and also just how late Texas kind of added him into the mix. It's not like they had this, you know, uh plan for Jelani McDonald that was from you know the initial junior day on kind of figuring out on the go but once he gets settled he's going to be a problem and then if i was to give one more shout trevor gooseby put together an unreal the offensive tackle out of melissa put together an unreal uh senior track season big contributor on the basketball court and is somebody that went from the first time i saw him against argyle in a you know key district matchup he was playing at about 235 240 pounds and is already all the way up to 280 and still has retained the functional athleticism, you know, throwing a shot and playing basketball. So that's another guy, a kind of developmental piece to keep an eye on. Cause you know, Kelvin Banks will be gone in two years. He just got there, but he's uh, not staying past three. What about Peyton Kirkland? I got to ask about him. Was he, was he an early enrollee? He, he was, I, I think that, you know, that's one that they're going to, uh, you know, let Kyle Flood just kind of cook on, have him in the developmental chamber. They got big Cam Williams from Duncanville, who um, probably uh, started at Texas maybe over 400 pounds or, you know, 350 or so. And they've trimmed him all the way down. He's retained the functional athleticism. I mean, Peyton Kirkland probably has the broadest chest that I've ever seen on a football prospect. He he made Sadir Mitchell look small at a recruiting event, which is pretty hard to do. Peyton Kirkland, he's an intro. A- Andrew and I went back and forth on him. Andrew, more familiar with Peyton Kirkland than I am. Um, and it was just more, I think it was more of a tape thing. Like you see the flashes of Peyton Kirkland. He's quick twitch. You see the foot and the body quickness. He's overweight. Like, let's call a spade a spade. Yeah. He, he needs to get into that program. And in terms of strength, conditioning, and nutrition, he needs to take care of his body. So it, you can't really the, – the other pieces can't fall in place until he gets that right. There's a couple big bodies there. You mentioned Cam Williams, Sadir Mitchell, another guy, I mean, right? I mean, a couple of these guys that I think Texas is willing to say, you know what, we'll take the size. We'll bet on our on our strength conditioning program. we got to get them right. But well, and, and Kyle Flood – um is very aware of this and his entire kind of bit is that he calls them his giant humans and every time that there's a commitment it's hashtag giant humans he wants if the other offensive line coaches are saying hey we need you you know getting in the weight room working on your flexibility kyle flood's like hey maybe some texas cheese fries at chili's man let's you know beef it up like uh, so 
you know, it's it's. Wait, what was that? You know, maybe maybe another appetizer. Uh, all these other offenses. But what, what is it? What is a Texas juice fry? What, what cheese is it? fry? Oh, cheese, cheese fry. fry. I think you said cheese juice fry. fry. I was like, what? <laughs> apologies, apologies. Um, no, but you know, the overall point being not to derail uh, too much and start talking about ESPN zones, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they want the bigger bodies. They're getting guys like that. Andre Kojo, another example of a 300 plus pounder that enrolled at 16 years old. Um, so yeah, they want the crave the giant humans at Texas. Let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about this 2024 class right now. It ranks 68 in the country. Andrew, as he noted on this rundown, that it's behind a couple schools like Kansas, <laughs> North Texas. <laughs> FIU, FAU, UNLV gets a shout out on here, but we are not in panic mode. This is a, a team and a head coach over the last two years uh, that has shown they are very well capable to recruit with the best in the country. Right now, I believe only three commitments, but um, as it, it should be noted, I mean, 18 visitors uh, the weekend of June 18th, 19 visitors the weekend of June 23rd. So I think we can expect... Uh, an uptick of Texas recruiting. They already have a crystal ball for Jarrett Gibson, uh, number two running back in the country. Also went in on a couple other guys as well. I mean, Hudson, are there a couple must-get guys for you? Are there some names out there that maybe aren't being talked about as much that you kind of see as and identify as as names that Texas fans should be looking out for over the next couple weeks? I think the must-get guys, if you want to do one on each side of the ball, Colin Simmons, they are – in the thick of it with them. That's going to be a kind of a wild recruitment, but I thought they've handled the ebbs and flows of the recruitment so far very well. Um, somebody who has been open about the fact that he'd love to play in state, um, even though there are you know, a ton of out-of-state schools in the mix as well. I think that's the guy on defense. Also, Texas just needs to stack these impact edge and defensive line players. Like if I were to give one critiques you know so far of the sark era it's been you know with all due respect to guys like colton vosick ethan burke who i Dre bledsoe who i like a lot it's different from the high caliber sec bodies that you're about to be competing against um in the next year or so so i, I think colin simmons from duncanville would be one of those guys on the defense side of the ball and then micah hudson has kind of always been the guy um on the offensive side of the ball, the wide receiver out of Lake Belton, he uh, reminds me a ton of Garrett Wilson and Jackson Smith and Jigba, who I both followed <laughs> extremely closely as Texas kind of fumbled both recruitments away. Um, and, you know, now your head to head uh, target or head to head school that you're competing against is in Ohio State, it's Texas Tech. And I think everybody in the state of Texas kind of has the understanding right now that Texas Tech is probably the leader for Micah Hudson behind the scenes. So even though there's not a panic mode, I mean, you know, these June official visits are going to be big because if, you know, Micah Hudson decides to become a statement piece for Joey McGuire and co at Texas Tech, I, I think that that would be the first, um, you know, a little bit of an issue for Texas fans at least. Um, when it comes to the 24 cycle. I didn't know that. You know, maybe I haven't been um, as, as deep in the weeds on Texas football recruiting as I should be, but Micah Hudson with Texas Tech, Joey McGuire, man, he's done a tremendous job in Texas, and 
know, obviously the job that he did on the field last year. Um, Drew, I know you want to get in here in a second. I, I think the name for, for me, uh, Hudson, when I look at this and, and the official visits coming up, the fit for me, I mean, it's like I always keep thinking like, all right, when NCAA football, the video game comes out here next year, and I pick up the controller for the first time, who's going to be the first team that I play with? It's probably going to be Texas, right? I mean, it's going to be one of the funnest rosters out there. But the guy that I think is just a beautiful fit for Texas is Terry Bussey. And Terry Bussey is one of my favorite players in this cycle. And, you know, you talk about the track and field background, but obviously a guy that at three-phaser from Timpson does everything. Uh, the statistical production is insane. I just love his fit in Steve Sarkeesian's offense. And I oh. listen, we get carried away. We talked about Bryce Young. We talked about all these comparisons. He's different, but they're, I kind of see some Jalen Waddle there, right? I mean, I don't know. I, they're, they're different in terms of elusive after the catch. But I love this Terry Bussey kid, and I think this guy would be instant game changer for Texas. You know, before, a, before he answers, Hudson, where would you play Terry Bussey? I'd play him in offense. Texas recruiting him at defense, unfortunately. Okay. Well, that is a heartbreaker. Yeah. I did not know that. That blows my mind. All right, so I, you know what? Me and Steve Sarkeesian's staff see eye to eye on Terry Bussey. Hudson, you can, uh, <laughs> you and I can. <laughs> Put a team together on NCAA Dynasty mode anytime, my friend. And real quick, too, on Bussy. I know that both of you know this, and Texas fans do as well, but I'll just say it anyway. Terry Bussy, first article that yours truly in the recruiting industry wrote. He had uh, zero offers. He just played a freshman year at Timpson that um, is a historic kind of sub-500 program in East Texas. Um the, the first time I told Gabe Brooks, like, hey, we have this stud at Timpson, he was like, really, Timpson? The school that, you know, uh, doesn't have anything to Carthage. And I was like, yeah. Um, but this is a guy that I've followed forever. Uh, has, like, schools that are tripping him to speak on just kind of the positional debate. Schools that are tripping him for OVs are split on the whether he's going to play defense or offense. So I, I think he can do both. I think that immediately – maybe it makes more sense to play him on offense, even though maybe long-term uh, on defense, uh, the NFL draft uh, ceiling is a little bit higher. He's a football player, so we'll, uh, we can leave it at that. All right, I want to circle back on Colin Simmons. You said he's kind of the must-get, and I, I love boxing people in with those. Hey, who, do, oh, who, yeah. does, who does X school have to get? Uh, is recruitment – can you handicap it for us? I know Steve Wiltfong – just did a, a story on 24-7 Sports kind of outlining Collins' visits. And I think he's got dates set up with Miami, Alabama, Texas, and Oregon, right? And then he also wants to take official visits to Florida, Texas A&M, and LSU. So I could be wrong here, but this, I think, is the first guy that's like legitimately said and at least has a few dates, like, I'm going to take more than five official visits, right? <laughs> oh, that's yeah. That that's the new rule. So, how many visits could Colin Simmons take? And 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 you just being there in the Lone Star State, I mean, wh where do you think this thing's headed? 
Yeah, I mean, he has six on the docket. It wouldn't surprise me if he got more. And I credit to Colin Simmons for being self-aware about the fact when the rule broke on Twitter, he posted a message that I'm paraphrasing, but I believe was something along the lines of, thank God, uh, I don't I don't want to uh, do a top five anyways. Um, so I, I, I like where Texas stands. I, I think that Texas A&M is going to factor in, as they always do with those, you know, elite uh, front seven bodies in the state. LSU's not getting a summer official. They're going to take them on an OV in the fall. And I think that that's when we're looking back at the class in December, I think that could be a really savvy move. If you know the kid isn't going to decide in the summer and you're confident that even if he does make a, you know, kind of spur of the moment commitment on somebody's campus, and, but th- you're confident that you can get him to take a trip to Baton Rouge in one of the more electric Saturday night atmospheres, then, then why not just save the OV while everybody else burns theirs, um, you know, without the five limit anymore. I, I think that that's kind of a smart strategy from LSU as well. Um, Florida is actually kind of more in it than I thought. Uh, we were talking the other day about how well Florida's doing in uh, Texas for the 24 cycle. They've already got DJ Lagway, Xavier Filsame. I know that they just uh, had Dalen Evans on an OV. That one's kind of interesting as well. I, I, I maybe naively just in my own brain thought that they would be kind of factored out by now, but hey, Billy Napier's sticking in it. Yeah, that's interesting about Colin Simmons. LSU's already had him on campus, correct? Right, and For that's unofficials, mm-hmm. correct. So, you know, when you do take a step back and you look at it from thirty thousand feet, and maybe from LSU's purview, it does make sense to say, "Hey, let's get him in the fall." We know this recruitment's going to drag out. I think once you go over five official visits, that is, with me not knowing a lot about the recruitment, what I can say about this is that that leaves the the tea leaves there say this is going to be a recruitment that's probably going to go down to the wire right and they're going to be a lot of different ups and downs in the colin simmons recruitment so that's one of those where you want to position yourself as close to the decision as possible lsu obviously working on doing that but you know what if you're texas as well i mean you 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 got the home field advantage right you feel like you can get them to campus uh, a little bit easier than the guys in Baton Rouge can um, Hudson last question. Then we'll get you out of here. It's been a blast having you on, but realistic finish for Texas this year, last year in the top five, the year before that in the top five as well, where do you see kind of Texas? And I mean, listen, every year is different, right? And the way I kind of view it is you want to be consistent. That doesn't mean you necessarily have, have to have a top five recruiting class every year, but I, you, you want to recruit with force, right? There has to be a standard year in and year out. And sometimes I see programs, they recruit high at a high level, the urgency, and then it tails off, right? And then when they need to pick it up, they got to pick it up again. Steve Sarkeesian throughout his first two years, hate to say it, very punny, all gas, no brakes on the recruiting <laughs> trail, right? Like he's, he's, he's done what he's needed to do. And in order for Texas to not only be a factor nationally, but in the SEC year in and year out, it starts and ends on the recruiting trail. What do you what do you expect realistically for Texas this year in terms of recruiting ranking when it's all said and done? I think a realistic finish would be top ten. 
looking at the other classes uh, for 24, I do think it might be tough because they're also not going to take, you know, as big of a class this year. They're going to kind of be smaller on numbers. So I think top 10 uh, is probably more realistic. And, you know, maybe this is kind of a, a nihilistic take on the entire situation, but you're going into the year three of Steve Sarkeesian. Like I kind of referenced earlier, you have the roster now. The Big 12 is as winnable as it's ever been. So, you know, if you don't do it on the field, it's almost like recruiting kind of takes a backseat a little bit anyway. So, I, you know, it's I, I do think that this year almost sets up as, okay, we're going to get our guys that we like. We're going to take a small class on the recruiting trail. Let's just focus on the season. Let's just get it done. That way, when we go into 25, we've already got a cat like KJ Lacey kind of leading the charge, uh, recruiting his teammate Ryan Williams. And let's go make a statement heading into the SEC for year one. Hmm. All right. I have one more question for you. I'm going to put you on the spot. Let's go. <laughs> got to be outside the top 247. Call your shot. Guy in Texas that you will stamp as an absolute dude. Uh, Weston Davis, Beaumont United tackle. Um, Contributor sixth man on uh, the state six A state runner up uh, basketball team, um, really football young as well. That would be a guy that I feel very confident is probably going to hit at the next level. I'm trying to think of a fun one as well, but well, we didn't even that wasn't even on the rundown for those of you listening at home. Um, <laughs> what was the name again? You said, I mean, you said it so fast. West, Weston Davis. Weston I mean, Davis. he he had that. Uh, Hudson had that in the chamber. He's ready to go. Guys, if you don't know about Hudson Standish, he is one of the uh, – Hudson, I, I don't mind saying it. I think you're one of the most talented guys uh, in the industry, obviously very young and, and, and getting started. But uh, make sure to follow him. Hudson, what is the, uh, what's the uh, Twitter app for the people 24 out there? 24-7 Hudson, and I appreciate you gassing me up, Coop. There you go. Just get just gaslighting you up on a on a nice little Wednesday show. But, Drew, that's all I got for Hudson, and, and unless you got another question before we get out of here. I, I I don't. Um, we also learned prior to hitting record, a big flow rider guy, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, rural Southeast Texas, the middle school dances. I mean, you know, flow rider, Kesha. I mean, I, I can name all the hits. So are you going to be upset if I don't go to his free concert prior to game three of the Stanley Cup finals? I, uh, probably. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I won't be upset. I'm not going to, you know, text you off on the side about it but it will impact how i view you <laughs> hudson standish everybody hudson we might have you be have you more on the show maybe a little uh pga live tour uh merger oh, here boy. i think you're live tour in this situation love the love the juice love the energy uh we'll get you incorporated here but guys like i said make sure to follow hudson standish uh and everything that he does as well guys we appreciate you listening to the 24 7 sports football recruiting podcast Make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you find your podcasts on Apple, Spotify included. Make sure also to leave a rating and a review. If you have any questions, that is the place to drop them right there. We have been promising a mailbag for maybe two months, um, and it's just been been crazy, crazy life. Andrew and I will be out at Elite 11 Finals next week in Los Angeles. So if you have any questions, especially when it comes to quarterback rankings, now is the time to submit them. But for our director of scouting, Andrew Ivins, producer Lewis Glenn, and our good friend Hudson Standish, I'm Cooper Stagner. We'll see you tomorrow. Old man. 
and winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.